Welcome into another edition of the Hops and Spirits Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Green, and it's another flight night bourbon style where we're Traverse City whiskey this time. Uh, don't forget to check us out for our Give It a Try highlights every Monday night on our social media and our cocktail quickies on Friday night across our social media at Hop Spirits, all one word on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And you can also check us out on YouTube as well. Get the link in any of our bios. And you can go to hopspirits.com as well. Uh, we're just everywhere now. That, that's just what, what has happened over, over time. And we're here for another flight night. And this one is an experimental one with Traverse City. And we're joined by Chris Fredrickson. Chris, thanks for uh, being part of this. Hi, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. And uh, our illustrious crew, as always, we have Jeff the Rabbit, or better known as Chris. Go on, and, everybody. And of course, the VA bourbon hunter, Damon. What's up, guys? And unfortunately, A is not with us tonight, but uh, I'm sure she'll be trying these and letting us know how uh, her thoughts, as always. But um, I figured let's just jump right into it. But before we open one, I always like to start off with an icebreaker. So this one is what's your favorite summertime activity since, you know, we're right in the middle of July. Yeah. So uh, Traverse City Whiskey Co. Is, is based up in Traverse City, Michigan, which is the cherry capital of the world. Um, we're, uh, we're known for our outdoor activities year round, whether that be uh, boating, biking, hiking, jogging in the summer, all outdoors, and then, uh, you know, snowmobile, snowmobiling, downhill skiing, everything in the winter. My my go-to summer vice is boating, is getting out of the water with friends, having a, a close, intimate circle in the water, and enjoying, you know, um, a beverage or some lunch with some, with some good friends in the water. I like it. Yeah. Go ahead, dude. Um, mine is brunch. I, I, I love brunch. Uh, me and my squad, we do what we call aggressive brunches every now and then where we just go, you know, just go bonkers. Uh, either that or the pool. You know, I love going to the pool for a couple of hours and just having a few drinks and just chilling with friends. Um, yeah, so those, those are the main two, but definitely uh, a good aggressive brunch always gets me right. And I love your uh, flu uh, pool floaty that I, I saw the other day. Yes, yes. <laughs> Everyone loved it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, um, well, before COVID, I was big into going to the movies during the summer because that's when all the good movies would come out during the summertime. Now, my summertime hangout is pretty much standing in front of the liquor store, waiting for the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's my other one, too. Yeah. Hey, nothing wrong with that. You two do a, a pretty good job finding some uh, some good ones over in Virginia where you got to do a little little bit of uh, searching for where they'll be at. Um, yeah. For, for me, I, I, where I live, it's kind of weird because, you know, we're bourbon, all that good stuff. But we also have a ton of art and like, you know, cool, creative stuff, you know, uh, from just art fairs where they're juried in painting, blacksmithing, you name it. But my favorite part is some of these also have beer and liquor and you can go around and just enjoy it. And it's just a fun time with friends because you're seeing some really cool things and just having a good time. And uh, it's like a guilty pleasure for me because, like I said, it's they're free, usually free to go to or like 10 bucks. And you just uh, you know walk around all day checking out cool things and having some drinks with friends. And that's that's a, a nice. good time to me. Definitely. So, Amen. 
but we're here to talk bourbon, whiskey, and Chris, we, I got some, some good questions from our last chat last year that, that we'll bring up because I know not everyone knows the, the story of Traverse City, but the first one of the kind of experimental finishes that series that you guys are putting on that we're going to try is the, the Cab Franc. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so the um, when we purchased our still back in 2013, the first spirit that we distilled was a 100% rye. And 100% rye by nature is very difficult to make because there's there are no um, natural enzymes in it from the multi-barley. So we, we ended up kind of doubling down because everybody at the time, six years ago, was making bourbon. And we thought, well, we'll, we'll try to find a differentiator with our rye. So we wanted to do rye, but also a, a kind of a caveat of rye with 100%. Um, so we, again, which is very difficult to ferment and distill. So we made a, uh, a ton of 100% rye. And as the base spirit, we, you know, we had, we had a bunch sitting around the warehouse and we, we had the same conversation with a local winery called Fortified North. And they happened to have a bunch of wine that was reaching end of life. Um, they were like, we're done aging it. <clears throat> we had these cool barrels. Are you guys interested? And the, the flavor profile of the wine was insane. So we, we kind of did this, uh, this droplet. Um, I don't know, this, uh, this like R&D droplet, drop a little bit of the wine into the whiskey. And, and the, the, the partnership between the two was, ins- it was amazing. So our 100% rye, we pumped from the barrel into these 53 gallon casks of, um, it's, a, it's a Cab Franc wine, born and raised in Northern Michigan and rested our, our whiskey in that wine barrel for six months, hmm. um, well, between six and nine months rested it, pulled it out and, uh, and then finished it in a stainless tank for uh, two or three weeks and, and then diluted it down to hundred proof, hundred ish proof, which is what you guys have in front of you right now. And this is, um, to back up one step, everything that we're tasting right now is part of a series and we're calling it the experimental series. Um, or the finishing series. And it, it, it's a bit of experimental R&D. And then we're, we're taking the whiskey, finishing it in, in wine casks. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very lovely. It's very floral. Um, the whiskey has, uh, has some good heat, dropped down a bit, 200 proof. Um, Damon, I see you nosing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, what, what, do you, what do you think about the nose? I mean, it's like, it's, it's strange, right? Because like you, you get, I mean, you, you, you get heavy rye, you know, you, you get the heavy rye, but it, it, that, that the, the cab franc finish like softens it. So it's like, yeah. it's like, like a, it's like a, like a, like a sweet wine rye almost. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. I was going to say Go just, it, it's a kind of a, I don't know how to explain it, but a nice softer than I was expecting with, with yeah. the hundred percent rye. It's like so, the, the, the finish kind of like 
to, to softens it, even, even on the palate. Yeah. So, guys, one thing I'll mention is sometimes finishing, I mean, there, there's an argument against finishing, and that is it, it's, it's finishing is intended to hide something with the whiskey, taking the whatever, whatever impure notes exist, you know, the wine cask will tease out. And to be blunt, there is nothing to cover up with this 100% rye. It's five mm-hmm. years old. And it's, it's elegant and wonderful and, and it's so easy to drink, but the, the point behind the finishing series, um, this experimental piece is, is to take that, that wonderful, um, age spirit and add to it, add complexity. And that's where the Cab Franc cask kind of comes in and Cab Franc by nature is dry and yeah it's uh please yeah take a take a taste um to me it even it even uh it drinks higher than that that hundred ish proof that you're saying like it to me i almost feel like it could be in that by that like one like 108 to like 115 ish range which isn't a bad thing i love the high proof stuff um I'm, I, this actually just kind of threw me for a loop because if I'm being honest with you, I don't like very many wine cast finishes and I didn't expect to like this. But this is super, um, super intriguing, actually. It's like you kind of don't know what you're tasting, but it's but it's like it, but it's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't exactly put my tongue on it. because I try a lot of wine where I work and, you know, we sell Cab Francs and I get a little bit of those notes kind of at the end. But. It's very tasty. It's different. Very yeah. Different. I think uh, Chris to go off uh, Tra- Traverse City, Chris, not you, Chris. Uh, to, to go off what you were saying, like you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, like I I have a group that has barrel picks, right? And so you know, there are there are finishes that people do, and a lot of times they use uh, barrels that are you know not the best barrels they're they usually you know like you said sometimes there's there's just some imperfections in that barrels and they say all right we're just going to use these for the toasted or the honey finish and so on so but this yeah. just seems like you know it's the the cap front is an addition it's, it's not it's there's good whiskey under it and it's it, like the cap front doesn't drown drown out the taste of the whiskey at all it just adds on complexity to the palate right Yeah, I agree with that completely. It, and that is the intention. And and there and there's there's no this is no knock on other distillers that are taking this approach, but it there is um there is an art to taking a great whiskey and and massaging it with a barrel that will only enhance the flavor profile. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the finish is unique too, because I almost get that that drier um have yeah. franc on it. it it's weird <laughs> good weird good weird not not a bad weird good weird uh but as as we keep talking about this and drinking this how did you all get started at traverse city because it was a group of friends if i'm remembering correct that kind of decided to go uh just jump in <laughs> yeah we group of friends we were um so I, I i'm born and raised in traverse city michigan which again is um northern michigan on the the coast of lake michigan and Went away to Michigan State, met a couple of buddies. We all ventured out to our uh, different careers. And 
we were kind of caught in the grind, so to speak. And my, my father and I found a set of um, distilling patents that my great grandfather patented during the US probation. And my partners happened to be on the farm at the time when we found these. And we, we started talking uh, in the orchard about, in the cherry orchard about um, what we could do with these. And kind of one thing led to another. And we were uh, eager to find a distraction from the daily grind. And we thought of this idea called Traverse City Whiskey. And one thing led to another. <clears throat> we started a distillery downtown Traverse City. And um, fast forward 10 years where we have roughly 10 expressions on the market. We have three facilities that help produce our product. And we're sitting here tasting a product that has not been debuted to the market yet. <laughs> and yeah. Did you say distilling pen? Say, say it again. You say you found distilling, uh, distilling, distilling pens. Oh, sorry, sorry. Distilling patents. Um, oh, my, oh, my, great, my okay. yeah, yeah. So, great, great question. My my great grandfather was a chemical engineer during the prohibition, and he had three separate patents um, for distilling techniques patent during that era. Got it. Okay. Wow, that's super yep. cool. Sorry, yeah. we we're, we just we just got internet up here in Traverse City, so the bandwidth is still a little. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. If you've watched any of Demond's uh, thir- uh, Brownwater uh, lives on Thursday, uh, some of the Virginia folk uh, I, I think don't have good internet, so it's okay. Oh, God, no. <laughs> it's it's all on him. It's not us. <laughs> Uh, uh, but I, I guess too, with that, that I'll get to the patent story. Cause that's a fun one when, when you found it, but is this kind of what, what was the original plan for y'all and, and how much has that mm. changed? Cause I don't feel like that, that this was what you expected. Not even close. No, we, when we started the company, we were looking for a distraction. We were, we were whiskey nerds and we enjoyed doing you know, we, we had our professional life and then our private life. And we wanted to come up with something that would at least like harbor, um, I don't know, just just some excitement in, in our private life. And within year one, by the, end, by the end, so we sold our first bottle July 7th of 2012. And then by the end of the year, we realized that this is something that we wanted to continue with. I mean, the, our, our community in Michigan reacted really well to it. And by the end of year one, we were like, what are we doing? I mean, we're, we're all, my, my business partners were practicing attorneys. I was in management consulting. And I think we all acknowledge that it's either now or never. So yeah, after purchasing, we ended up purchasing 20, 24 year, 24 year MGP bourbon barrels. And we launched our first four-year bourbon with that whiskey and our community loved it. And it was kind of a, kind of a, I don't know, a signal to say, Hey, we're onto something. We can do something special with this. And we, after we sold the first 20 barrels, we doubled down and, uh, and bought 40 more. And then we use those 40 more to um, 
the profit from that paid for our current distillery where we've been distilling whiskey for the last seven years. And it's, yeah, it's been a uphill, crazy fun battle since, but that was like, that was, that was the origination or the, or the origin of our distillery. I got uh, two things. One, uh, adding a drop of water in this cat Franck one, it's like the sweetness just explodes out. It's like a completely different experience. Um, and two, I'm glad you mentioned um, you guys buying the, the MGP barrels. Um, so now you guys are doing your own distillate. Is that correct? We're right now we are because the cherry whiskey and our bourbon are the, the leaders in our portfolio. We're, we are distilling the same recipe that MGP that we worked with MGP on. Okay. And we're going to be branching off to do our own um, separate. It'll be a sub brand to the Traverse City Whiskey Co brand when we bring our current distillery online. So okay. we're, yeah, we're we're in a build up phase of our new production slash production facility, visitor center, all that. That's happening right now. And then Memorial Day 2022, when that comes online we'll have a fresh recipe that is uh, a little distant from MGP. Got it. I, I was only asking because I've had this conversation with a couple of people uh, just about the new distilleries popping up and, you know, MGP is just uh, the, the, the hot stuff right now. Right. And so I always wonder how, you know, the, the ones that are planning going, you know, w- you know, getting off of, you know, getting onto their own distillate and like no, no longer using MGP always wonder how they're going to do that with their fan base because let's say you guys have done, you know, use these MGP barrels for four to five years. Now year five, you're like brand new recipe. And then, you know, I always wonder yeah. how like how that works out. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's actually a great question. There's, there's a lot of strategy that we've chatted about in house on how to, how to take, how to honor what's gotten us here, which is it's an MGP base. And I will say that. So, we're not tasting on, on this chat, but our, our cherry whiskey has kind of become what we're known for. It's a it's the MGP bourbon recipe, and we steep Mount Morenci sour cherries from Traverse City in the whiskey to make our cherry whiskey. Mm-hmm. And that has become the single best seller, the single best um, craft spirit in the state of Michigan. So it's a it's wow. a, it's a yeah it's a it's a big thing, and there's there's not really a a lane for us to stray from that. Like, why would we, why would we tamper that recipe? However, yeah. you know, looking forward, everything that we end up doing in house that is going to be proprietary to us, will need to have its own Traverse City whiskey vibe. So, so we're we're going to hang on to the kind of the heritage that brought us to where we're at, but in the same vein evolve and grow with a new recipe so everything nice. that we're distilling right now is has as a an mgp recipe base but it will grow from there got it no that that's awesome to hear and and i don't feel like everyone is always as, as forthcoming on that as, as they they can be and um not at all uh yeah yeah uh so so that is always, always cool to hear and and also it's going to be cool to hear one of my questions after we do the second one is the real family story about how you found the patents. Cause that's not a made up story. Like some others have been known to do as well. 
But our, our second one that we're we're testing or tasting tonight is the uh, the sherry cask. It's a high rye bourbon. Can you talk a little bit about it? Yes, absolutely. Perfect. So the we are we are friends with a, a barrel broker in in Spain and Portugal, and we. So to create this product, we we took our high red bourbon, which is again a, it's an MGB distillate that part of it we distilled, part of it they distilled, and it's combined into a distillate that then gets dumped into a Pedro Jimenez cask, which is it was built in Spain and then dumped out, shipped to the U.S. and then. Um, we transferred our spirit into it and rested it for between six to nine months, harvested, uh, diluted down to about a hundred proof and rested. Yes. Again, bottled at around a hundred proof. And this is it. I'm looking at the, um, I was looking at, at the label. Chris has the bottle, so I'm sorry, I'm looking at my phone. Um, yeah. it's, but it says the finished duration, four months. Yeah, it's, it, it is closer to six months. I mean, yeah. all of these have been, all these have been patiently waiting for, uh, for harvesting for quite a while. This project took a while to get off the ground. We actually, we started it back at the beginning of COVID, back in January of 2020, and everything drug out. Our initial launch date was September of 2020, and that didn't happen for obvious reasons. But yeah. we we rested it and then harvested it quite a while ago, and then kind of evolved the vision for the program. But yeah, it's it's anywhere from six to nine months. This. I don't know if it's the um, maybe it being a high rye, but usually uh, with sherry casts, I get a super dry slash tart finish. Um, yeah. Noses are always excellent, right? Because of the cats, but I always like end up kind of hating, hating it because of the finish. But this finish, it, it, I mean, it almost finishes out like just like just like a bourbon. Then almost right. at the very end, you get that that sherry on there, and it kind of rounds it out pretty well, and it gives it, it gives it that little extra added flavor. Yeah, some sweetness at the end. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I haven't had that many sherry casts, but I've had enough to know that I think this might be the first time I've had one that actually tasted sweet. Hmm. Which is a good thing. So I, I I love it, but it's very interesting. I, and once again, it definitely drinks like a high, high proof to me. Was there a reason you guys uh, proofed it down to about a hundred, just to stretch out a little bit, or just to taste it better? No, it tastes better. Um, we 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 didn't want to do this at barrel proof because they're there's a very specific community that enjoys barrel for spirits. And there's also that guy down there. <laughs> it, it, yeah, that's us. It, yeah, no, it's, 
it's it's really finding that sweet spot no pun intended but it's it's finding that that consumer that will enjoy spirits that aren't too hot but also not too light mm-hmm. you know our our cherry whiskey is um is bottled 70 proof and of course anything like this no way mm-hmm. but if we if we can find that sweet spot between say 90 and 110 proof which at the end of the day, these will be bottled between probably 95 and 100 proof. So everything we're tasting is around 100, and it's it's the best representation that we can share today. Yeah, you know what it is for me? For me, I, I look for, um, like, the barrel proofs. Maybe just barrel proofs in general. I look for complexity and pores. And a lot of times with the lower proof stuff, you know, with it being watered down, you, you get less complexity. Um, but I think you guys have done like a really good job of you know, still maintaining that complexity. And I, I think that goes to show with like with the finishes, but that finish with the, the hundred proof, and like I said, it, it already drinks a little bit higher to me than the hundred proof. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a pretty solid pour to me. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I can, I can second that. Um, it's, it's got of uh, for whatever reason, my palate's not, not great tonight, but at least I'm picking up all my flavor flavors. I, like I said, maybe I'm a little, little distracted from, from, from what happened to me before I came on, but, um, but it, it's got a nice, it's, it's nice and it's different from the other one. I, I like the sherry though. I, I, I guess because we've done enough of these now, I, I swear we have a sherry finish on a couple of Everyone. these. Everyone. Yeah. So, so, so we're getting used to them and it's, but that's, a, that's not a bad thing. Cause now we got some, some things to compare it to. And it, this one's a nice one. I, I can I I'll go on record and say that this is the best sherry cast that we have tried, and at least in my opinion, since we've done this. Yeah, I could second that. I'm not gonna mention any names, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so guys, out of curiosity, between the uh, between the sherry and the cab franc, um, what what is your preference individually? Um. Me, I, I think um, I like the Cab Franc a little bit better. Um, okay. It's not, not as sweet, personally. I like it. Yep. Yeah. And I think that I would go Sherry because because of the sweetness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. I, I'll, I'll split the difference. I'm, I'm not going to say I like the but, – but the Cab Franc, I think, for me, I don't know what it is with the rye and the finish. It just – it just, I don't know, it just hit the palate a little better, but uh, the sherry's really good too. Now, we, we've talked a little bit about this. You, you've mentioned the patents. Can you tell how you found the patents and how kind of upset you were at your family for never mentioning this before? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've been down this road before. But yeah, the, um, so the, the patents were patented by my great-grandfather. And... It was it was unusual because my my father and I well I chartered the the help of my my business partners to to help, help us clean out one of the storage facilities in the family farm, and we were we were digging through it wasn't you know rubbish exactly but we we came across a box of documents that included the patents and and I. I asked my dad about them and he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, whatever. And then I, I confronted my grandmother with the patents and I said, you know, I've talked to you for years about whiskey. Why on earth would, why, like, why wouldn't you mention this? This is your father. This is what he was doing. 
and and she she kind of just shrugged it off. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. This is this is my this is my thing. This is my this is my shtick. And and she, you know, nonchalantly just uh, brushed it off. But it was it was uh, the irony was that I only talked about one thing, one passion at family gatherings, and my grandmother um, listened for years, but never mentioned that my great grandfather was a not just a, a chemical engineer, but a, a you know closet bootlegger that that made moonshine in the in the attic regularly. Nice. And but back in the day, it wasn't a big deal. It was very regular, and so she she kind of knocked it down with the regularity of how yeah that was what everybody did, of course. <laughs> but but today that would not be a thing, right? Like if you had a friend who was making whiskey in the attic or the basement, you know they'd be your best friend, and you'd tell everybody, right? Definitely, yeah, 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 hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, I, I love that. And because you, I mean, you have that family history and what, how cool is that to kind of be doing that now? You know, that's your job. Yeah. Legally. Yeah. Legally. Legally. <laughs> yeah. No. So, so cool. And it's, uh, it's, it's funny. My, my grandmother passed away last year, but she was, she was uh, like, terribly honored by the fact that this became a thing. And it was always kind of a sad point knowing that my, you know, a lot, a lot of the family would, that would have really appreciated this piece had recently passed away. But in Salavi, it's uh, the family history is great, and having that uh, support from them to to make this to what it is today is 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 great. It's awesome. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and and you guys are doing some some cool things. And, and our third third one of the the three that we're going to try tonight is the port finish. Uh, it's a straight bourbon. Um, can you talk a little bit about it? Yeah. So the so this is um, the bourbon is an evolution. So it, it's bourbon rested in port ruby barrels. So we have we've had a bourbon rested in port wine barrels prior to this. Um, we recently retired it and. Pardon me. Um, we had a port finished bourbon and then a barrel proof port. And we decided that we were going to take that port barrel finish and send it end of life. It was what it was. We had we started back in 2015 with 20 port wine barrels, backfilled it with our 21%, 21% rye, 75% corn, 4% malted barley bourbon. And we made a port, a barrel proof port, and it was it was it was great. But we said if we're gonna have a if we're gonna have a series, an R and D experimental series, or the finishing series, we're gonna we want to do it all together. So we have the hundred percent rye finished in the Cab Franc. We have the thirty six percent rye bourbon finished in the sherry barrels. We're gonna take our twenty one percent rye bourbon and then finish it again in a different style port wine barrel. And the um, these ruby port barrels, again, are very fruity. You may pick it up on the nose. Uh, it's less dry, in my opinion, than, than any of the others. Um, but it's, it's very dynamic. 
and it it's fun. It plays well. The, the bourbon plays very well with with the port. I mean, that's why port is is so exciting in this community. Mm-hmm. What, what what do you guys think? I mean, nose, taste, flavor, color. So, okay, so I have never I have never come across a uh, a port finish that I've like super super enjoyed and. I can say that I'm being honest. This one is not for me, um, but it's still like it's still super complex, though. Like like you said, it's like it's like it's almost like I don't know if I'm drinking wine or bourbon. Like when I when I have it on the palate, it's like mm-hmm. yeah, like you, you get, get the corn, and then like you, you get like like I get like a even now. It's like the rye, and I almost get like a like a cherry note. Hmm. Chris, ah, I'm here. Yeah, what, what say you? <laughs> no, get another Chris, Chris. I didn't hear you, man. Hello, are we back? Everybody back. good? Can y'all hear yep. me? Yeah, maybe a malfunction. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Everybody good? Yep. I think so. Yeah, no, I definitely, um, this port reminds me a lot of wine, for sure. Mm. Very smooth, though. Very smooth. Easily. Um, so, like Damon was saying, the other two kind of drink a little bit higher than their proof. I think this one is right at right at its proof, like drinking wise. Yeah. Definitely. But it's like like I said that like it wasn't for me. But I keep wanting to have another pour of it. So I like there's some this it definitely intrigues me. And like the more that I sip it, the more that I actually like it actually. It's like it's just so complex. And so smooth that I may just change my mind in person. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I, I know in D just from doing these now, he he likes the complexity where you know just different flavors. I, I think one of his favorites that we did was was barrel just because you know they got three or four yeah. finishes put together and and things yeah. like that. And you know, those those I feel like and even to these to a degree remind me of that in the sense that you there's certain people that you want would want to give these to you know because i don't know if everyone would truly get it or understand it but i I feel like they're still though um very approachable no matter what what you've done before you know like what your your bourbon journey is but but they these do have some some extra complexity that i think others would enjoy more than than some yeah i definitely think ariella would love these being a wino she would Mm -hmm. really enjoy these yeah to me it it seems like all three of these it's like you have a friend that's in the scotch but like wanted wants to dabble in a bourbon and you know whether they're used like the scotch flavors and like not not the the their barrel proof is you know it's like 86 proof so there are barrel proofs completely different and i feel like these are really good like starter points where like you still get 
Like it, it's not, you know, the 120, 130 proof that, you know, uh, my entire house is filled with, uh, but it still has that complexity. It's still smooth and you, you kind of get everything you want, like, uh, like in a bourbon plus a little bit more with those finishes. Yeah. Thank you. That's, um, I suppose that's exactly what we're going for. <laughs> <laughs> CD, you just knew exactly what to, what to say. <laughs> I'm not moving to Michigan. <laughs> now, now, Chris, what, when when are you hoping to release these? Are they going to kind of come out in, all at once? Are they going to come out uh, staggered? Um, what, what What's kind of the thought process behind the experimental finishing series? Yeah, we're great question. The, the plan is to stagger starting uh early early august through october and then one a month um we we've made about an equal amount of each expression so it's uh it'll be it'll be a tiered rollout and we're we're not just going to offer it at the still house or we have a we have a taste room in detroit called the outpost um we will release it both but we're also going to put it into distribution so we're right now we're selling product in half the country um, mainly around the coast and then East coast, West coast, Midwest coast, and then Colorado in that general area. But we're going to, we're putting it into distribution a bit and yeah, so it'll be, it'll be on the market in the, in the next month or so. Um, any plans on coming to Virginia? This year, at the earliest next year at the latest. Yes. Wow. Usually people say not anytime soon because of the ABC. So that's, that's actually a <laughs> control. Wow. Okay, no. It's, it's an ugly, it, it's an ugly beast, but we're, um, we're finally prepared to, to deal with that. Nice. Yeah. And are you looking at expanding too? Cause I'm, I mean, obviously with expansion into more markets means you gotta either have the production to back it or, Anything like that? Are you, or is that something y'all are, are looking at doing? Because, I mean, you're, you're in, what, about half the states right now? Is that what you said? Yeah, half the states. Um, yeah, we have, we have a five-year plan right now to to evolve from 26 to the balance of the nation in the next five years. And we've, we've been preparing for this and building for this for the last five years. So it one day at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm guessing the new facility will help with that. Is, is that part of the, the five-year plan? Cause that, that's it something is. you guys have been working a lot on. Yep. Yeah. I mean, our current production, we're able to produce three barrels a day and in the new facility we'll be able to produce north of 67. So wow. it's, it's a, it's, it's a big jump and it'll, it'll help grow everything responsibly and efficiently which is great. Nice. That, that, that's awesome. And, and anyone got some, some follow-up questions? Cause I know y'all like to, to, to hold back and then, then unleash at the end. Um, I don't have very many. I mean, I, I I'd say that, you know, um, first thing, thanks for having us and thanks for, you know, sending us samples. Um, I, I legitimately was not super excited with the finishes, but you have definitely changed my mind. I'm definitely a fan. So um, that, that, that says a lot for me. I'll tell you that much, but um, 
so like future wise, so you guys are expanding crazy. Um, any uh, any futures on I don't know maybe single barrel programs or anything like that? Yeah, we have we have a very active single barrel program. So if you guys want to chat offline about something as a group, would love to uh, would love to continue that conversation. We we have a um, wonderful selection of bourbon and rye and little wheat, little wheat um, <clears throat> that are that are creeping up. And then everything that we've tasted tonight is kind of on its own. It's its own beast. No, yeah. no single barrels of the, the the port finish or the cap sauve or anything like that. But um, yeah, um, in terms of future dev, it's, you know, we, we just released our, our highballs, which are a whiskey seltzer. Uh, we have our cocktail cherries, which are on fire. And if, if you guys like a cocktail garnish, that is. Make a Manhattan old fashioned. Yeah. Cocktail cherries are the jam. Um, other than that, um, the, the balance of the pipeline is, is, is all R&D right now. But yeah, that's, that's where we're at. That's all. What is this whiskey seltzer? Yeah. Yep. Never um, heard. It. Sounds amazing. So, so you guys have you guys have tried like a a truly white claw, right? Like we all have. Um, hopefully. Do do, yeah, do I have to have. admit to that or you know? Because <laughs> so we can just so, it. Yeah. I, I will admit to that. I enjoy a good white claw. I enjoy a good white claw. The, you know, the, the white, white claw is made with a, uh, a beer base for alcohol. And we decided it was time to make something that was a whiskey based seltzer. So every, most other uh, shops build their seltzer with the beer base. And we decided, you know, it's, we're a whiskey company and we have to, we have to do it right. So a very traditional Japanese cocktail is the whiskey highball. And mm-hmm. we built a canned whiskey highball with our, mm-hmm. with our whiskey, with our bourbon. And we have three expressions. One, a, um, the original with bourbon, okay. seltzer, and a dash of bitters. Okay. Uh, our flagship, which is whiskey, seltzer with a dash of cherry. Again, Traverse City is the cherry capital of the world. Mm-hmm. And then our citrus, which is whiskey seltzer with a dash of citrus which is a blend of lemon and lime all natural and awesome and if you if you want to go out on the weekend and have a instead of having a beer have a seltzer grab a grab a travesty whiskey highball and it's it's a canned five percent abv all natural um all natural ingredients and it's it's so good very tasty we just released it Wow. So yeah. where is the closest state to me where I can find this at? <laughs> it, it, we, we just pushed it in distribution. It'll be in DC in no time. Bet. I'm there. I'm traveling. <laughs> I was going to say that gives you an excuse to, to head out. Uh, one thing that D that I think you, you should try if you, if you haven't, cause I know you've been trying to find something for your lady, the cherry yeah. whiskey, cause I've had that and, and I've had it, you know, multiple ways. And if you literally pour like a little bit of Coke in there, it tastes like a Coke, cherry Coke. Like it is yeah. wonderful. Like it's, it's, it's a weird thing. Cause uh, I've, I've given it to some of my family and friends that aren't big whiskey drinkers. 
and and they've enjoyed it too because it's on that lighter lighter side but it still gives you that you know whiskey because it's, it's what 70 proof is that what you said chris yep yep 70 proof right no okay i'll look, I'll look for that actually i'm always trying to find some new stuff to, to have our taste he just hates <laughs> all of it usually <laughs> and then chris aka jeff the rabbit you, do you have any follow-ups or anything you want to ask um, I don't. I just want to say appreciate you having us on. You know, this was a nice eye opener. Um, didn't have too high expectations, not gonna lie. Like I said at the beginning, this was my first time trying any Traverse City, but I definitely the last. Cool. Second. Thank you so much. Now, now for the for those that that you know haven't you know maybe listened to the last episode that that you and I did. You, you guys have multiple expressions. Can you talk a little bit about those and, and just let, let folks know? Because, I mean, you got the North, North Coast rye, you've got the barrel proof, you know, straight, the straight bourbon, things like that. Can you talk a little bit about those? Yeah. So our, um, our poster children are the, the, our straight bourbon, which is aged four years, our cherry whiskey, which is aged between two and three years. And it's, again, as I mentioned, the best-selling craft beer in the state of Michigan and are kind of the flagship of our portfolio. And our North Coast rye, which is about a four-year rye whiskey. Um, we also have a, a barrel-proof bourbon and a barrel-proof rye that are the namesakes of our, our single-barrel program. So if anybody is interested in single barrels, that's the direction we usually point them. But um, that, is a, that is the crux of the portfolio. And then in addition to that, we'll have the, the finishing series. And what does the barrel proof come in at? Uh, price or proof? Proof. Proof uh, anywhere between 110 and 120. Just right. depends on the barrel. Yeah, because I, I, I was thinking about those, those those two, depending on how this shows up on my screen to my left, because yeah. uh, they, they, they like a little higher proof, which I don't mind either. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah, we, you know, it's interesting up in Northern Michigan, we have, we have four very well-defined seasons and because we have crazy fluctuation, we get, we get a better aging process and we also have a high relative humidity and that leads to, we lose. So as you, as you age a barrel, you lose one of two things, you use water, you lose water or alcohol. And typically in Kentucky, you lose, you lose water to create a higher proof barrel. And in Michigan, there is no way around it. We have not opened a barrel greater than 122 proof. Wow. With an, with an entry proof of 125-ish. And there's, you know, any, anything we crack is, is typically between 110, 120. And it's, uh, it's, it's unusual, but it's, and most people say it, they're like, oh, you know, I love higher proof, but higher proof is not something that we, with the Great Lakes, and again, that relative high humidity, it's not something that we can create, <laughs> but again, say la vie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's why you're the, the whiskey of the North and, and you guys have a unique, unique yes. uh, uh, thing that you guys just, it just happens up there. And that's part of the, you know, talking to folks in Texas, you know, a two-year-old in Texas could be more of a four-year-old in Kentucky, uh, exactly. yep. you know, cause of the heat. And so every, every place is different and, brings out different flavors and and i guess we'll, we'll wrap this up with my final question what can you tell us this is still recording what's next for y'all hmm. 
next is uh, next is a new facility. You know, we've we've been planning it for three and a half years, and we got kind of postponed by COVID. But our our next big thing is, well, with the whiskey of the north, um, is the distillery of the north. <laughs> and <laughs> back in 2018, we acquired a property north of town, north of downtown Traverse City. Um, it's a 35 acre parcel with a 35,000 square foot production facility on site. And we've been planning, planning and building and planning and building. And we've, um, we're about to break ground. And our goal with the new facility, which is a, kind of a hybrid guest experience and production uh, parcel, it, it'll be the most humble and approachable version of a distillery out there that helps bring anybody who's even slightly intrigued by the science behind distilling into the process to make it easy to understand and guided through everything end to end in the most transparent way possible. So no secrets, just pure, this is, this is what we do. This is why we do it and how we do it. And this is the end product. And so we'll be online Memorial day, 2022, and it's going to be, it will be great. So when you're in Traverse city, come by, say hi, shake hands, kiss babies. Let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Man. Uh, yeah. I, I love, I love that. And, and uh, also too, if you don't know, Traverse city is beautiful, great vacation place. Think about it. Yep. It never, yep. never, never hurts. So, uh, Chris, I appreciate it. Chris D, I also appreciate y'all. A, I yes. hope everything's going good. And uh, I can't wait to hear what you think of, as well on this. And uh, everyone, I, I appreciate it as always. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Appreciate it. Cheers. <laughs>